0: Welcome to today's featured session, The Blog Era, Hot Hip-Hop's Wild Wild West.
1: Into today's session, I have some housekeeping notes for you. Our flat stock exhibition right here in the Austin Convention Center, Exhibit Hall 5, will be open from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. today. We are running our audience Q&A in this room via Slido. You can find this by opening the session listing in the South by Southwest Go app and clicking on the Engage button. The South by Southwest Community Concerts at Lady Bird Lake today have been moved to Ballroom A of the Convention Center and will begin at 6 p.m. tonight. Without further ado, please welcome to the stage
2: Eric Rosenthal and Jeff Rosenthal. Check, 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 check.
1: <laughs>
2: How are you going to rap if you can't even?
1: <laughs> I can't miss that. you want this one? No? Okay, got it. Hey! There we go. South by Southwest, what's happening? I'm Eric. I'm Jeff. Together we are It's The Real, and uh, the last time we were down in Austin and on a stage was when Atlantic Records flew us down here to host their uh, panel, no, their... There's uh, showcase. Is yeah, what, it what was, it's called. Yeah, it this was is a 14 panel. Artists, too many artists. Yeah, fourteen artists. They had Gucci and Cardi and Meek Mill, Uzi Vert. Yep, and uh, Ty Dolla Sign, and about nine others. Yeah. And so we were on stage, and in between every act, we had to run out there and do our little song and dance. You know, we had to entertain the crowd, four thousand people over at Stubbs, who were just waiting and baking in the the really hot weather to see all these artists.
2: And we had to come out every act and
1: say uh, thank Shout out you. to Title, shout out to New Era Hats. Shout out to Monster Energy, Unleash, Unleash the, the Beast. beast. <laughs> and so you do that but for 14 times. People get a little sick of it. Yeah. <laughs> so 14 times. When Meek Mill came out late, when the DJ was AWOL, uh, they started booing us. And so we are thrilled to be back on a stage in Austin. Yeah. With a much warmer crowd. A so. much warmer crowd. You guys haven't booed
2: us once.
1: Yeah. <laughs> very much so, appreciate that. Okay, so three years ago uh, this week, actually, the world shut down. And we had a very popular podcast called A Waste of Time with It's The Real, where a lot of artists, anybody from uh, Rick Ross to... Uh, Drake's dad, our yeah. mom. Everybody yeah. came over to our apartment and would like tell their story. And so we sat down for like a 90-minute conversation at the our kitchen table. And when COVID came around, we were like, it's probably not a great idea to do that, you know, with a uh, airborne disease around. So we stopped that and we were like, let's tell a story in a brand new way. Let's go for something that we really care about. And for that, it was the blog era. And I think we have some artwork, which is really cool. Um, And by the way, if you guys sign up right now and you go to othertone.fm also by going on that QR code, you can listen to the teaser that we're about to play. But... Before we get to the teaser, I want to tell you that we have spent the last three years on this. This is day and night. This has been more than a passion project. This has been our everything. And we've spoken to 150 people. We've gotten 500 brand-new hours of uh, original recordings. And this thing is a movie. Um, It is a 10-part podcast series that we are super proud of. And uh, for the first time ever... We want to uh, play you guys the teaser that you can get now everywhere, on every platform, um, but especially at othertone.fm. Before we bring out our guests, Jeff, we should just tell the people who may be here and may not know what the blogs are, what blogs were.
2: Uh, Blogs were individualized websites that you could uh, share your personal vision of. And that relates to anything. It could be your ugly shoes. That could be your stupid dog. But it could also be your vision
1: of hip-hop. Yeah, so when we talk about the blog era... Blogs were not born of hip-hop, right? But the blog era can only be the websites that birthed the careers of people who are running pop culture today, whether that's Drake or J. Cole or Kid Cudi or Nicki Minaj or Wiz or Currency or Mac Miller or Wale and on and on. And there were these, these gatekeepers that existed at the time, right? Big buildings like MTV and XXL Magazine and Hot 97. And all of a sudden, people like... Now Right, and Two Dope Boys, and Misinfo, and Crunk and Disorderly, and Real Talk New York, and the smoking section. All these blogs came around and disrupted things, and we are super, super excited to have three of those disruptors here today, and we want to introduce them one by one. First, guys, please welcome the founder and creator of Not Right, Eske. How you doing? You. Next up, thank you. We want to welcome uh, one of the writers from the smoking section, one of the architects of a lot of different websites, including Inflex. We trust. Give it up for Dimples. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I right, you're seeing something there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And guys, give it up for uh, one of the greatest rappers of our time, the face of New Orleans. Currency. Thanks for that, man, I didn't <laughs> know you felt like that. That's tight. What's up, y'all? Um, okay, so the last time that uh, you three were together in Austin was a little show called uh, Leggers and Tastemakers back o- in 2009. Yeah.
2: The Smoking Section and Now Right put it together.
1: And what was really like fascinating about that time was that when you're dealing with the internet in the early 2000s, you're dealing with strangers, you're dealing with anonymous people, you're dealing with people at such a remove, and all of a sudden, you guys take a chance and you put on a live show with all your favorite artists in one place here at South by Southwest in 2009, and all those people who could have been imaginary show up in real life. And... Currency and Wiz performed at like 2 p.m. that day. Um, I don't. Do you remember how many people were in the audience for that? A whopping. E- a whopping 13. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they were filtering in and out as we did songs, you know. <laughs> but I just want to congratulate you guys on the careers you've had since then, and to be back on the stage in front of this crowd, getting celebrated like we are all these years later, says everything. So thank you guys for being here. Thank you for having us. Thank
3: you for having us.
4: Thank you for having us.
1: Um, Can we take it back to 2005 and ask you,
0: S.K., why would anyone start a blog? Well, that's the question, right? (laughs) Um, For me, it was, you know, at the time I read a lot of blogs. There weren't too many that focused on music or hip-hop. It was a lot about tech and, you know, maybe a little politics or news, things of that nature. Um, Something I recognized early was this would be a perfect format to cover music. It's chronological, it's easy to read, it, it just works perfectly for music. So, you know, it might have been a, a, a bit of a case of just being in the right place at the right time. The light bulb went off, and I started a blog. You know, one day I started a blog. I had nothing to do at work. Fired up the computer and started a site.
2: And so how do you, like, explain to your family like what you're doing when that becomes like an actual thing like meaning an actual thing meaning like it's taking up all your time
0: i mean i don't think my family really understood what i was doing at all you know like at the time i still lived with my parents i was working a tech job they had no idea what any of this meant they never heard the word blog most of my friends never heard the word before i mean almost nobody had heard the word before so all they knew is he has a website, you know, he's doing a, he's, he's got a little website. He's posting whatever he's posting. Um, in the beginning, it wasn't, you know, there was hardly no attention. There were a few people visiting. Uh, I was posting whatever I wanted to post and that was it. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't really anything to explain at the time. So Spitta at the time
1: for you, you're coming off of, you know, leaving Three major labels, right? We're talking about leaving Young Money, leaving Cash Money, leaving No Limit, and going out on your own. Yeah. What's life like for an artist back in, like, 2005, six, seven? Uncertain, you know, because the industry was set up a different way, so
4: I wasn't really sure that what I was doing, you know, would paying out. Nor were the people around me. A lot of people around me were like, yo, you were blessed to, like, be in a situation with a machine, so it doesn't make sense to try to do this, you know, this uncharted whatever you're talking about, you know. Well, I think we all were walking
1: out into something that wasn't there. Well, because you're, if if you're assigned to a label back then, you get a publicist... You
4: yeah, get, you feel like you make... Like the, whole, the whole goal of rap was, like, to just get signed to something. To something, essentially. Like, some people just say that, like, I'm signed. That was like, I have a million dollars in the bank just to say that, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, at that point to walk away from all of that and just assume that I could find people that were all like-minded and that existed in this, in this sub-earth, cause I mean, the crazy thing about it, when, when this shit started clicking for me, I was like, it's crazy because people don't wanna be a fan of you out front, like in front of everybody while this shit was just starting you know what I'm saying? Because the machines were more popular, so it was like, eh. But they would go and just get on the computer and listen to shit all day long. And that's how we ended up, like, you know, flipping it. Like, it was crazy.
1: Well, can you talk about when you first found out about On Smash?
4: Yeah, uh, a Google search. My homegirl girl had typed it in, like, to just see if I was making any waves with the mixtape. Like, since I had left Cash Money, and it popped up. Like, there was an article on On Smash. There was something on, uh... Oh, hip-hop, two dope boys. That's how we found out about now writing and everything. She just typed my name in Google, and it popped up. So I just wanted to keep popping up at that point, because like you said, like, the gatekeepers were, were kind of in the way, and then we came, like, all these blogs came out, and that was the new MTV and the new BET. Like, they were posting my pictures every time I put a song up. So I was like, the way to be seen is to keep putting songs out and make sure that they could find them. Like, they made a lot of us, you know.
1: But it's it's so crazy because like people take it for granted now. They're just like, oh yeah, I go online, I go to a website, I see what it is. But at the time, the gatekeepers were really, hey, you got to get a a radio promo person to push your record. You got a publicist to put you in Double XL magazine. If you want to get on Hot ninety seven, you got to put out that mixtape and hope that it gets in the right hands and get on and get some play. Dimples, can you talk about gatekeepers and you know now nowadays? Everyone's online talking about like, I wish the blog era would come back. I wish there were more gatekeepers. But like, we've gone through all this time to get rid of gatekeepers. Can you talk about the role of gatekeepers and whether gatekeepers could succeed today?
3: Oh, that's tough. Um, Back in the blog era, gatekeepers were really important because they were like dedicated pipelines, figures of authority. So it's like, if I go to SK site and he's written about whoever, that guy's cool. That's who I need to go listen to. Um, it mimicked in the way where Double um, XL, you had to go with YN or later on Vanessa. Um, they were the people who were putting the artists that you were feeling were up next in front of the audience that was important. Where that kind of went away was, I, and this is going to sound really, really strange, I think it was when we started to see people like Diddy arguing with people on Twitter. We <laughs> was kind of like, okay, bro, like everybody's kind of accessible at this point. Do you know what I mean? Like, cause up until then, to get a rise out of Diddy about making a band too, he wouldn't. He wouldn't have known. But all of a sudden, he's yelling at people on Twitter in all caps, right? <laughs> um, and you're like, dang, he's on this thing too. If he's on here too, there's nothing I can't do. Um, well, if we're talking about the idea of bringing gatekeepers back, it's gonna be very difficult because right now there's too many points of entry. You got over a billion people on TikTok, over a billion people on Instagram. And nobody's opinion really stands out one and like out of the others. But the thing about the blog era that makes it so special is, I feel like that was the last era we really had superstars. Like you can't go anywhere anywhere and say, "Hey, I'm sitting on stage with Currency," and people not know who you're talking about. Do you know what I mean? But like, I can't tell you who made the what's the record with the uh, the perk record. Which I, one? Th- thank you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can't tell you who made that, but I promise you that record has streams.
2: Um, S.K., when was the first time you knew that your site had power?
0: It was probably when Miss Info shouted me out of High 97. Oh. I'm driving in my car, and I had posted about something. It was some story that was happening at the time. I don't even recall what it was. And she cited me as a source, and she shouted me out on high 97, and I wasn't expecting it, and I'm just driving along in my car. You know, and... You know, you live in New York, you listen to Hot 97, you hear Miss Info doing these news drops every hour or whatever it was that she did it. And that comes on and I hear it and I'm like, okay, you know, like this might this might be something.
1: Um, Currency, I want to talk about regionalism. You come from New Orleans. You're not from New York or L.A. or Atlanta. Typical big cities that like, oh, you want to get on, you have to come from there. Yeah, rough stuff, man. Well, so you had, like, boundaries, right? It was like they put you in a box, and, oh, you can only do so much. For sure. And then there's places like the smoking section. There's places like Two Dope Boys. There's places like Nah Right. And all of a sudden, your music can be heard everywhere. Yeah, saved my life. And that means, though that bookers come around and they can like put you on stages everywhere and that means more money in your pocket. People and we means- were
4: able to find each other through those blogs and find out who was in what towns. Promoters were able to like even catch out like find out who were the artists and know what kind of audience they had in their town. Just if they were if the people were aware of these blogs in your city you knew what artists you could you
2: could bring through. It's so crazy, well, I mean, can you talk about the difference because you had been on m t v you had been on b e t before like you know you you start this independent path? Can you talk about the difference between a top down sort of fandom and a bottom up
4: Yeah, well, the other one was kind of manufactured, it was put together like you know this is this is the guy who's next, so if you like this and you like this, by default you you love this guy already without even hearing it, you know what I'm saying, and that allowed people to kind of assume what I was going to do and what the sound was going to be, and I, I didn't want to even be trapped in, in, that, in that, you know what I'm saying? But with, with the blog and the bottom to the top thing, I was able to cultivate my listeners and show them like what I was into and uh, why I sound the way I sound and give them time to like decide if they wanted to stay in the car or not. You know?
1: Yo, and it's, it's not only like, like that, but it's also you get to work with whoever you want to work with. At whatever schedule you want yeah, to work at, yeah. so you could put out. No, but
2: currency works at a super normal schedule.
4: <laughs> nah, just if everybody who that was already an understanding. Soon as like at that time, bro. Like if you knew, if you knew, you then you knew. If you were to the know, then you know, and you didn't have to go through this. Let me see if this motherfucker is cool. Because clearly you are because you wouldn't even know bro, and then the homegirl wouldn't have said anything about you, blah blah, blah, blah blah, so it all just it
3: but you were like good. the worst kept secret though like
4: yeah, it you, was, that was, was by like, my on, own bro. design too, because I, I don't really want to hang out with people, yeah. like every time I get around somebody they weren't they weren't like just cool. they were still like doing something, you know like in front of you. So that made me not really hang out with a lot of people. Yo, like of these f- two fuckers are all right. Though.
1: Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, one, of, cool. one, of, one of my favorite things is the first time we ever met Currency, he was like, yo, do you guys do music? And we're like, yeah. He's like, send me something. So we sent him something. A song called Sugar High, and yeah, we waited about two years to get it back, but we would text him, and we're just like, yo, where's the song? Where's the song? Where's the song? You're so prolific. Yeah. Have you gotten to our song? And you're like, I'd be high.
4: <laughs> yeah, well, I really just didn't know. I didn't know if y'all really were doing that. I think, like, because I asked y'all to send me music, I was like, okay, clearly they're like trolling me because I didn't know, I didn't know like what they really do. So, like, yeah, let's make a song and send this asshole a song since he said send him something. So, when I heard it, I was like, this is not, they don't want me to rap on it. You know what I'm saying? But I was like, you know what? Two years later, they still asking about it. Pull it up. Let's put some bars Which on it. Which we
2: found out, by the way, because we went to SK's site. Yeah. And we saw that you had a you had a, a blog that you had put out uh, you, a blog. You, yeah. That, that you I was in, laying were, the verse on. Yeah. I was recording in Miami. Yeah. We heard it. Yeah.
4: Yeah. I fuck. I stopped real work. This was, this was on somebody's <laughs> dime, <I>, bro. <laughs> At this point, shit was going on in my life, though. So I stopped that session. and was like, let me knock this out for the homies. Yeah. And the engineer heard that shit and looked at me and was like, Now you just played beats from Pharrell. Like you know what I'm saying? Like, you got some stuff. You're about to lay this right now. I'm like, yes, we about to we're about to lay that bit.
3: And they went on tour.
4: Yeah. Okay. Damn right. Yeah, it was cool, man. I'm not tripping. It's I pretty mean great.
1: so you stopped real work to do it's the real work. That's right. For sure. Yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah, I knew
4: that. what I said. Yeah. So I was like caught it. Yeah.
1: Um, SK, can we talk about Monetization versus exposure. Ooh, a serious question. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, you built a site, you built a site that you, you know, it was a passion project. You started it. You were still living at home. You had a Batman. day job. He was Batman the whole time. Yeah. Nobody ever got to see him. Yeah, like insane. You were just doing work on off hours. You were doing work on hours. You were working all the time, and you built something. And it just your goal wasn't to get popular. It became popular. So when do you decide? Well, this can be a real business and a real career for me.
0: Uh, so you know, eventually, I'm doing this thing. I'm getting traffic. I'm getting visitors. I'm getting engagement. People start to ask, "Hey, can I run an ad on your site?" Labels are reaching out. "Hey, we have this campaign. Can we run an ad here or there?" Um, you know, back then I had these ideals like, "Oh, well, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to run ads from just anybody or." I don't want to, you know, sometimes you feel like maybe I'm going to be a sellout if I if I advertise certain things on my site. But at a certain point, you realize, like, this is a revenue stream here. Like, this is a real thing. Uh, you know, long story short, I started running ads. And before I knew it, I was making more money from the site than I was from my full-time job in tech. Yes.
3: <laughs> he was getting money. That's
0: the goal. You know what I mean? So... At a certain point, I'm like, you know... Fuck it. Fuck it. I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm sorry, all in. Like... I'm doing this. I'm, I handed in my two weeks at my job, and I'm going to do this full time.
1: Dimples, what did you think about the lay of the land? Like, there are all these blogs. And and what's really cool about how the blogs evolved is that they didn't just stay doing that one thing. It wasn't just music discovery. It wasn't just premiering new stuff. It became... and. Why, what I think frightened the big buildings was it became all these things at once. It wasn't just eating the lunch of like A and R's or you know uh, Tuma over at MTV Two or radio promo people. It was like, hey, I'm gonna start premiering like new videos from these guys, or I'm gonna start you know finding music on my own from this place, and I'm gonna get ahead of everyone else. What do you think about the evolution of the blogs and and how that became a thing?
3: Um, as I was living it, I loved it.
1: Like
3: everyone was in their different spaces and they had all this power and this ability to like either make or break an artist by just genuinely either fucking with their music or not um and being on like the outside and I keep phrasing it this way cuz I work at a label now but being on the outside that shit is exciting, right? Because it, it boils down to the quality of the work. And then I remember we'd see conversations where it's like, man, how'd they get that record? Or, you know, going on, you heard that new, how'd he get that, that Beyonce record? Like, you know what I mean? Like, people were getting songs before their buildings were seeing them and sharing them. And you were getting real-time feedback and discussions from people who were consuming these things. Um, it was just very, very interesting t- to navigate. Now it's a little bit different, but back then it was just kind of like, it was the wild wild west and they're telling you these guys may be the bandits but they're like they're the robin hood mm-hmm. right it's like at the end of the day they're not gonna rob you you're gonna be all right you're like you know you'll be all fine um whereas now it's just kind of like there is no gatekeeper to kind of do that same thing um SK, how did you get your songs
2: uh you gonna tell them now <laughs> I feel like there's like a,
0: you know Yeah. Like nobody's gonna get arrested. Like no one's gonna get arrested, yeah. but yeah. I'm like, you gotta tell them limitations now. Yeah. That's
3: your limitation's over.
0: Yeah, I mean, nah, there are a lot of ways. Like when I first started, it was a lot of just trolling the internet, forums, the deep dark corners of the internet where people would post leaked songs, uh collecting stuff there. Artists
3: were sending them to you, Direct.
0: So soon once you get a little attention and people start to notice now artists start sending you their stuff uh people with the labels are sliding you stuff on the side you know under the table so there were a lot of different sources you know um basically i would open my inbox after a certain point i would just open my inbox and it would be mp3 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 you know so currency can you talk about all the
1: label meetings that you started taking in like 08, 09, when people were watching these blogs? Yeah, you would walk into the meeting and the com- it's on the computer.
4: Like, they're on perfection, listening to the record that you dropped that morning before you got in there and shit. You know, but th- the crazy part about the meeting, my bad, yeah. is that they would immediately try to change the shit you're doing in the meeting. <laughs> like, well, yeah, it's like, we okay. found you on this, but can you not do this kind of stuff? Like, what that's you, what those were about. What's the,
1: what's the worst meeting that you had at a label? Uh
4: me and Diddy, okay. Now I broke the desk in uh in Bad Boy. I didn't even I didn't take the meeting. Everybody panicked so much about the desk that I broke,
2: I just dipped. Wait, like, how did you break the it? desk?
4: Uh they was trying to find somewhere to play the music. They were like setting up some radio to play the music and all that shit because I didn't have uh I didn't have a flash drive. Maybe that was the new thing at that point. You know I was just, you know how I was doing shit. Yeah. So I had a disc, bro. Yeah. I didn't have a flash drive. I was like, y'all find something to put on it. The component stereo falls through the thing. Everybody's freaking out about, like, not even Puff. Like, somebody else who was going to have a baby about the diss. And I'm yeah. like, well, just, you know what? <laughs> Fuck it. I, I dipped, you know.
1: <laughs>
4: Let's go blog era.
1: <laughs> um... All these artists had their own favorite websites. If you were if you were a Big Crit, you loved the smoking section. If you were J. Cole, you loved DC to BC, you know, Pardon Me Duke. If you were Joelle Ortiz, yeah, you, you loved, you know, Now Right, right? Spitta, what was your, like, go-to? What was your blog diet? On Smash, Now Right, Two Dope Boys, Perfection.
4: And I felt like all oh, hip-hop was, like, the source, I felt like I was like a magazine or something. I was like, ah, they got too much graphics. It's too fancy, you know what I'm saying? But I would go. Uh, hmm, I think that's if I didn't. if Shit, if I got to do like that, then that's not them. Yeah, so
2: that's why, right? Um, SK, you know, at this point, you know, like like currency said, you were Batman. You were behind the scenes. Nobody knew who you uh, wh- who you looked like or anything. Um, a lot of people thought you were white. Um, no, we knew
3: better. So I
4: saw a hundred people who I thought was you for sure. <laughs> at stuff that I knew you were on, or at I was like, "Yep, that's bruh. and it was it was never
1: you. It was this dude. Like it was fucking this guy. It's not you. <laughs> What's the wildest rumor that you heard about you or not right?
0: Uh, I don't know. Like, you know, like you said, people thought I was white, or that. You know, the main thing was he's getting paid by the artists or the labels to post all this stuff. Like, believe me, I wasn't. You know what I mean? Like, there was a point we got to where people would offer me money, which I never took. But really early, people were like, oh, you must be, you know, people must be paying. Like, how did this person get on Not right? You know, it just wasn't the case, you know? Yeah. Um, I just want to say right now, by the
1: way, if you guys would like to ask us any questions, you can log into the South by Southwest app and click, I think, engage. um, And you can send questions that we will then get on this screen and we will be able to answer them in the last like 15 minutes. So now would be a good time to send questions. Um, Dimples, you worked for the smoking section. What made the smoking section special um, was the, the level of writing and the amount of writing that was done. Um, SK had a website that was, like, straight to the point. You know, put the music up, give, like... Three words. Three words, yeah. Um, and, and you understand who Mickey Fax is and what he's about in that very short thing. But if you wanted context, if you wanted to learn more about what an artist was really saying, you went to the smoking section. And what's crazy is seeing what, like, people like John Gotti... And David Dennis and Justin yeah, Tinsley God, have was, like gone on to do. What did you feel was special about that site?
3: I think it was that it was a journalist's approach to blogging because it's like a lot of people don't know Gotti has a master's in English. Like that man can write his ass off. Um, David D's like an educator. Uh, Tinsley's like full-time journalist. Uh, Trent, journalist. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, we all like the approach was this thing that we love, how do we document it like historians? And how do we share it in a way that if you come back to it, it paints a vivid picture of this moment right now.
2: And so like none of these people are local to, like, you, you don't live near one another.
3: Oh yeah, no, no, no. We Okay, so Gotti was in Nashville. Uh, TC was in Virginia. Um, Tinsley was in DC. Uh, I, I think David was in Atlanta at the time. I was in Phoenix. We were, for the longest time, I know how everybody thought you were white. We thought Tinsley was Asian. (laughs) Like, we we would go to A3C and be in the same room and be like, oh, there go Tins. (laughs) And it's like, that's not me. Um, But, like, that just wound up being the thing. But I think that was the, the genius of the blog era where it was like the internet is what connected us. Like, I remember the first time I met Lowkey, I was like, bro, I've been talking to you for like 10 years. <laughs> like, like, and you felt like you knew him. I, but I was like, but I know you. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, because it just didn't matter. Yeah, The internet was our level of
1: proximity. Spinner, who was the first blogger that you ever met? <sighs> Damn.
4: Honestly, it, it might have been uh, Gotti. Yeah. Smoking yeah. Session. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like, and, uh, and probably... Uh, and and tc actually yeah 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 they they came to shows and uh and then uh they put together this smoking thing i did uh myth blazers like a i whole, designed the graphic yo you thank you okay. that was like that was the the content that you guys created for us like when you would reach out to artists when they would put something together for you it was like perfect for you you didn't even know you needed to do it you know
1: what i'm saying it was like it was great well they, but they became, like, your whole, like, team staff.
4: Yeah, that was your – you could liken it to the way things were in the label. When you get to the label, like well, this is the person who did this for you. This is this. This is that. The, like, the friends you would make at those, in those areas, like, they, they would help with that.
1: So, okay, if you go on tour back in, like, 07, 08, 09, how many people are moving with you? And who's, like, you know, taking on what responsibilities? Cause it feels like this time was just like oh nine yeah it's like it's like four
4: people yeah
1: yeah I never really had I don't I don't do that mm-hmm. yeah
4: it's about maybe three people we are gonna have to bail out if it, if it all go down I'm straight on the rest of it it's been like that forever yeah
1: so yeah. you come down to South by Southwest. Oh nine, you're going to like a million different shows. Just
4: walking down, was well, Sixth Street, yeah. Getting pizza, and as I hear my friends' voices, like, oh, that's the cool kids right there. Fuck it, let's go. And you just walk in and just barge on stage and start hanging out with them. It was the best. Bro. He never, like, he
3: never pulled a John Connor.
4: There was a show with. Do you remember
3: John Connor? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Okay, he I would do. walk around with a hundred people with his name <laughs> on a T-shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah never yeah,
4: did that. Yeah, now nah, I used to be light, and then I could just get in everybody's shows. Like it was us, Dime Kennedy. The Cool Kids, whiz, and I don't even know who actually was rapping. We really was just somewhere, like, we just ended up smoking. I don't know who said it was. We just all kicked it. Then we all went on stage and, like, did shit up. People were just passing phones and shit up. We all just did a song. I don't even know where we were at. Amanda Diva was outside. Like you just walk and just go in place, wherever they give you a mic, you just rap. Just fuck it.
1: You felt like you were a part of something, though, you know? Nah, you were. It
4: was insane. It was uh, like All Star Weekend for the blog. Like at that time, that was All Star Weekend where the players were literally walking through like the Olympic Village, hanging out with everybody, high fiving people who were listening to them and shit, making videos right there. Like everything was just happening. People were doing whole mixtapes and shit. Me and Wiz did Glass House. Me and Wiz and Crit did Glass House in a house that we rented somewhere out here. Like, right before I went to uh, Peckerheads. Yeah. Yeah. And,
1: and you didn't have to, like, go through, like, licensing. You didn't have to go through, like, you know, clearances. It was just, like, you record no. something. No. No, it, nah, to it was all
4: good. No. Everything was cool, bro. Yeah. They, that was the shit. They'll yep. post a picture with you, with yep. your song. Yep. The blog is how I found Max B. Like, that's how, like, like that's how I, like, fell in love with dude music. Like, because every time I would go on somebody had a new post from him, a new record. I was like, this is crazy. Like, yeah, yeah. for sure, for sure.
2: Um, SK, you know, and, and Dimples, the first time you guys come down to South By, like South By was notoriously not a hip hop place. You guys sort of changed that. Can you talk about that?
0: Yeah, it was all Gotti, like, you know what I mean? Uh, all credit to Gotti. He reached out and he was like, yo, listen, there's this music festival in Austin. Uh, I think somebody had reached out to him about doing a showcase, putting a showcase together. He asked me, do you want to get in on this? We'll uh, put our heads together. We'll kind of curate the lineup, figure out what artists we want to bring in. And I was like, absolutely. I had a lot of respect for Smoker Section and Gotti at the time. Still do. Um, so, yeah, I said, Absolutely and you're right like there wasn't a lot of hip-hop that first year you know i remember specifically there only being a few showcases here and there weren't any big events like any big official south by southwest events later in the day it was it was quiet for rap um but yeah it was it was definitely due to Gotti.
1: i think another cool thing that comes out of south by southwest is that you see at like the smoking section not right showcase all those artists that were there end up on the XXL cover in 2009. Um, Currency, where were you when you got the call that you were on this cover?
4: At uh, Mikey Rock's apartment in Chicago on an air mattress that could only hold air for like three hours. <laughs> But it was love, and then I get a strange call, and bam, it's like, yo, we want to put you on the cover, but, but don't tell anybody. I'm like, all right, bet. Got off the phone, I'm like, yo, everybody. <laughs> fucking XXL, just call me, dog. Like, we're going to be on the
1: cover. That shit is nuts. Straight up. So it was cool. Yeah. And, and what did it mean, all of a sudden, all of a sudden you know, you, you, you left those three big labels. You were, you were bigger than just your region. You were now on the cover of a national magazine. International Magazine. You're everywhere. All these labels are calling, knocking on your door. And you're not just like one of thousands on a blog. You're one of ten on a cover. What did that mean to you?
4: Uh, that I could really like write my own ticket like at that point. If I wanted to do something with, if I wanted to take one of these calls or break a desk, then I
1: could. Uh, if I didn't want to, then I didn't have to. Yeah. It's unreal. And um, I think that this this whole podcast is a roller coaster ride, and there's a lot of ups and a lot of downs, a lot of drama. No broken desks. No broken desks. Yeah, <laughs> but but it is a wild story. But we want to like concentrate here on this as, a, as more of a celebration. Um, so I just want to mention some other blogs, two dope boys, fake Shore drive. You heard that new on smash Misinfo, crunk and disorderly. Real talk, New York, New York. Um, Karen civil, who was just here. A lot of people made a lot of noise and there were a lot of voices that never got heard before that got on. When you guys think of bloggers of that time, who do you think of when you think of artists that encapsulate the blog era? Who do you think of? And, uh, and is there a song, a specific song that you think of? From the blogger, we can do it one by one. Spitter, <laughs> what bloggers do you think of back well, then?
4: I first, fucker. yeah, oh, all right, all right, you want Jeff uh, to go? All right, well, nah, we, we spoke on the phone and I told y'all about uh, I, is that her what was her name no. though? Heather. Heather, Heather from Her faction. Yep. that's the that I think of that first because when I went to the double uh, shoot Charles Hamilton. was checking his uh was checking the song that he had just posted and that that it had spread that far that that she had it already you know what i'm saying so that was cool and so i think of that and the fact that she landed on the hudson and walked across the wing crazy she was in that plane
2: sully when sully crashed or sully saved the plane saved them yeah
4: Yeah. (laughs) and uh what song
1: yeah what's what song most takes you back to that that point Jeez, bro.
2: Uh, You can make one up.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. I, honestly, I don't know. We were all doing so much stuff, bro. I don't know, man. Glass House, you know what I'm saying? Because it was all my homies on it, but I don't want to think of a record that I was on. You know, maybe well, Brooklyn no, we, Girls, because Charles Hamilton was taking <laughs> the fucking status of it on the site in there. You yeah, know, yeah. We could also yeah. say
2: Glasshouse by uh, Slaughterhouse. So like, you know, we, we
3: can keep <laughs>
1: oh, the yeah. <laughs> Dimples, uh, what blogger, what song, and what artist do you think of from the blog era?
3: Um, off top, I, I think of Two Dope Boys and what Mecca and Shake did. Uh, off top, the project I would actually go with is Cool oh. Kids, the Bake Sale. Ooh. Yeah, that that's like. Now I feel ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. And what was the last one? Um, A song. A song. A song. Oh, this is tough, but it would have to be Nipsey's Blue Laces, too.
2: Mm.
1: Yeah. SK, blogger, song, and artist?
0: Uh... As far as the bloggers, I'm gonna shout out my brethren from the New Music Cartel. Yeah. So obviously, Shake and Mecca, Low, Splash, X, Info, Mikey, all of them. Love to them forever. Um, song, Black Mags by The Cool Kids. Yeah, Come,
3: on. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Come yo, on. Yo, Spitter, I mean, you sound correct. ridiculous. Ridiculous, <laughs> bro. Ridiculous. I
3: said
4: I was at that house when I got the call. So they're in the fabric of my fucking life. I
1: don't have to say black mags, nigga. Oh, man. All right. Let's take some questions from the crowd. Um, I see on this board that uh, someone said, in a digital age where everything is so accessible and the problem is filtering content out, how do we distribute content effectively to help promote that? Let's talk to our marketing whiz, Dimples.
3: Oh, this is going to be very tough because you're not going to like this answer. Um, In a digital age where everything is accessible and the problem is filtering things out, the onus is on the artist in order to build their own audience, right? Boo! I know. Everybody hates that. I'm not telling you to go on TikTok, I swear. Um, But you got to build an audience. I think what made the blogger so special is... Artists will wind up on the blogs, and then they would go on tour, like currency's talking about it. We'd go on tour, and you'd go to these cities, and you'd build this audience that's gonna buy your shit. What's happening right now with everything being accessible is people are putting out music, but nobody's listening. You couldn't sell a t-shirt if it was a dollar. Go build your audience first. Go outside, go do a show, get people to fuck with you, put out more music, rinse, repeat, and then we can talk about how do you get your content out more. The issue is people want to put the cart before the horse. Um, The internet, in being accessible, people are like, well, if I get 100,000 followers, I must be on. But if you can't sell a $1 t-shirt, are you really? Yeah. Real Yeah,
0: my bad.
1: Um, SK, for those that missed the blog era, what do you think is our modern-day equivalent, and is there one?
0: I don't think there is one. I mean, I think the closest thing we have is probably... Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, you know, that's how people discover music now. So, like, some combination of those social media platforms, everybody kind of has, like, their own little tailored uh, homepage or, or feed, you know what I mean? That you've tailored yourself, the algorithm might contribute to it a bit, but, like, there really is no... But that's, you know, that's you curating your own taste. There's no equivalent to what we were doing at the time, you know, that, that I can think of.
3: The only thing that kind of came a little bit close was when Tuma launched Rap Caviar because you had to go through Tuma.
1: Yeah, had,
0: the play, the playlist. The playlist. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that would,
1: that would be it. But it's like I go to Narright because I trust him. You know, I yeah, went. I to was it. just gonna say literally, trust, literally, bro. trust,
3: trust, trust.
4: It was it was a trust thing. Like he's not gonna post it if it's whack because in the somebody would tell him. Like you know what I'm saying? Like so you're just not gonna do that.
1: Did you ever go in the in the comment section of Now nah Right?
4: His shit got fucked at <laughs> one point. <laughs> you know, at, I used to check the comments and they would say great song, spill the great song. I checked the comments, it's like Transformers the movie coming out. Suddenly I'm like, <laughs> what happened to the comments? Everything was about something else. Can we talk? Can we speak to that? What Absolutely. what
0: happened? Yeah, we we talk about that on the podcast. Yeah, we do. Well, yeah.
4: can, is it okay? Can we can we talk about
0: it? Yeah, i we mean, talk about it. Yeah, so like now the not right comment section, notorious comment section, but it was a community, you know, and These people who would be on this site commented were there every day. So it was like, you know, for me, particularly when I started, I'm at my nine to five, five days a week. And from that 10 to six, nine to five that I'm at work, I'm spending like probably three, four hours of my day on this site talking, debating, arguing, you know, whatever with all the people who are there every day. So it kind of turned into like what the hip hop forums that preceded us were where you would have these running conversations but obviously the site format is different so i'm posting new music every hour or half an hour or whatever so every hour you have a new fresh post on the top of the site and there would be this running conversation about whatever we were talking about over the course of that day and it would just kind of move from post okay, to post
2: and it would continue nice. On and on and on, but and with no notifications, so like people would just like follow it wherever it went,
0: right, right, so, yeah, and you know the not right comments, like I said, notorious, they didn't give a fuck what anybody you know <laughs> they think you know you know you think about people coming in who don't spend a lot of time reading the comments, and they click, and so many people will be like, "What the fuck are y'all talking about like wh-? but you know. We were just having our own conversation.
1: Yeah. What was a, the? Uh, what but was if the a one? record label, if a record label went on there and they're like, "Oh my God, 579 comments." Sure. They don't care if you're talking about like conspiracy <laughs> theories. They're just, just like, H. "Yo, this rapper is
0: pop. Sign them. Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah they would definitely gas. Exactly I'm sure. right. Exactly right.
2: You were gonna say? I was gonna say something very interesting. But oh I'm you sure. Can go.
0: Yeah.
1: All right. Um, <laughs> uh, do you feel, even though the blog era is technically over, how do you recommend an upcoming artist oh, as a? Hmm. Interesting. Uh recommend an upcoming artist a way to spread their discography and image nowadays. That's probably for dimples. I would say dimples. Uh, yeah. Is yeah. It, okay. Yeah. Um
3: This is gonna sound very strange. Be good? <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> a great way for artists to, to spread their discography and image right now, especially with everything being so accessible, is be good. Be great if you're a rapper, like rap. Um, Don't sing unless you're Drake, but yeah, be good. Because I think that's undervalued. I think, and this is no shade to this person, so I'm sure you're amazing. Um, But I think people feel like because they have the accessibility to do it, they should. And people don't focus as much on being great at the skill before they worry about everything else.
1: Yeah, I I just want to say this, and I, I I call Spitta all the time and tell him this, his body of work is unbelievable because he cares about it so much. You're
4: not just doing Absolutely. anything. Thanks, bro. You're you great. do call and say that. I do. You do, <laughs> you do bro. Or There's I'll call you and I'll be like, "I'm no. like
1: Nas is wearing Jet Life," and you're yeah, like, it's, nah. it's...
4: Every time something happens, you call, bro. I, I'm honored. I'm, I'm, thank you, bro. Oh, no, my you, pleasure. Bro. It's real. I, I love. It. Well, I hate to keep saying real while we're here. It's no, please. It, it helps
2: our brand awareness. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I want to take it back to 2005 for a second because um, there's somebody asked, what are some things you knew at the beginning stage of your career that you learned years later? So I just want to um, ask you if you can take it back. What was your life like in 2005? Um, and then what are some lessons that
0: you wish that you knew back then? Uh, I mean, it's, that's tough. That's kind of a tough question because if I had to say something – you know, you grow up as a hip-hop fan listening to, like, Q-Tip tell you that industry people are shady, but you don't understand that, or you don't think that applies to you because you're not an artist, you know? I'm just a blogger, like, that has nothing to do with me. Like, I, like I'm like i sure they are shady, but, you know, I don't have a record deal, so... Well, SK,
2: we got, we got 11 minutes, 45 seconds. Just name every uh, shady industry person you can.
0: <laughs> Go. <laughs> Need a another week at least but yeah I mean you know it's just I didn't understand that that would extend to like everybody in the industry like I'm sure you all have your own experiences and stories you could tell I'm sure everybody in this room if you work in the industry has a story or an experience that they could share of shadiness Um, just a lot of you know I didn't understand the extent of the the back fighting and and infighting and 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 bullshit that you got to deal with you know well how about
1: this for somebody who started his project just you know out of passion out of love and with no expectations you pissed a lot of people off you got a lot of big buildings really mad at you how did it feel for you to suddenly be on a level that they are coming after you
0: It was crazy, you know? You wake up one day and all of a sudden these people care about you, about who you are, you know? They either want their artist on your website or they want their artist music off your website for whatever reason. So it's kind of crazy, you know? Like, I didn't expect that to happen. Uh, You know, but it is what it is.
1: I think a lot of people are obviously, like, wondering where you've been, what the site's been up to. Uh, We get to answering those questions on the podcast. We're not going to talk about them today. But given some time, given some perspective, when you look back at the blog era, how do you feel about the work that
0: you put in? Uh, I feel good about it, you know? I'm very proud of what I and my contemporaries contributed to the music industry. it, It didn't really hit me until recently, maybe like, I mean, I understood when it was happening that what was happening was important, but with time, like you said, when you look back at it and people come to you and tell you like, yo, you were so influential in what I do now, or, you know, as an artist, all I wanted to do was be on your site. Um, you know, as a as a blogger, like I started out as a blogger because I read your site and now I'm a full fledged journalist. You know, that stuff, like I love to hear those stories. That's amazing. Like to think that I had any impact on this culture at all is incredible to me. Like if that's my legacy, like, I'll take it. You know what I mean? I'm I'm proud to have contributed whatever.
1: Um, Dimples, you weren't just at South By in 2009. You came back the next year, and the next year after that, and the next year after that. Um, Queen of South By Southwest. Yeah. Pretty
3: much. Yeah. Crown me. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> Kelly Young asks, what's your favorite South By Southwest memory during the blog era? You told us some pretty good ones last night.
3: Oh, okay. I have... Um... The year before Kendrick broke the stage doing that show, I believe, it was, was it a Vibe show? I, I think when he broke the stage, was at Ilmore? Ilmore, Il, yeah. no, it was Ilmore. The year before, he was walking around Vibe's show and no one knew who he was. Like, they knew-ish, but didn't really care. They're like, oh hey, hey Kendrick, cool. Um, that was probably one of my favorite moments, Just. Watching, watching like chasing and cash and hip boy surf club walk around, being mad regular before he had like a, a Jay Z record. Wonderful, love that for them. Um, but my personal favorite moment would have to be 2011, seeing Chance the Rapper. No, it was 2012. Apologies. Seeing Chance the Rapper and SZA, and no one knew who SZA was. This is before Z um at not the convention center but the venue that's over here is it acl also cindy limits yes acl okay at acl and people were there for chance um but they were just like who's this random girl it's great that was probably one of my favorite moments
1: what about the basketball
3: oh i'm sorry i didn't even talk about hoop and hang we used to do like a three by three tournament with artists and media and they would play each other so it was like seeing like Mike Shaw and J Cole play TC because TC thinks he can hoop, um, but Shaw and and Cole went to school to play basketball, um, so that was very interesting. Or like Crit thinking he could hoop and Crit couldn't hoop. Don't tell him that, but Dutch could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like it was just kind of like all right, um, but like that whole that whole experience was great because I think the first hoop and Hang we did was in 2011, and then the second was 2012, and in 2012 nike got involved so it was like oh okay like because the first one adidas just send us stuff like i right, do your thing but 2012 nike got involved
1: yeah uh speaking of nike shout out to uh title shout out to uh new era hats
2: yeah shout out to monster energy
1: uh, unleash, unleash the, the beast. beast yeah <laughs>
2: um uh, uh currency uh I, you know we we get into a lot of uh, descriptions of how like times have changed you know when we talked to d j Drama on the podcast, we were like you know how do you what's the signifier of, of where you were back then to where you are now? and he was like well, or what what, what mixtapes did for his career and he was like, Well, I went from a, a Montero to um, a mercedes, and so uh, I want to know how dirt the weed was back in two thousand and seven when you were here um, yeah it was it was of cooking quality. <laughs>
4: I believe a lot of it was seasoning, <laughs> but it got us through. It was yeah. just the good times, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it has improved a great deal. I'm so happy for you. Yeah, nah, a great deal. Shout out to the homie who's from here. I met him in the airport. As soon as I land, he's like, Spitter, I know you're probably straight, <laughs> but I'm, I'm the you out here. I'm like, all right.
1: He put me in motion, too, yeah. <laughs> um, Spitter, do you remember the first time that you met us, yeah, I believe it was at uh, it was at the sh- it was at
4: the the event. It was at that joint out here. Yeah, probably. Yeah, and the best part is, uh, me and my manager got pulled over, and he ate all the weed. <laughs> and when we got there, he was fucking. Roast. <laughs> he could not really manage. He couldn't manage. Good thing I knew what I had to do because if it was up to like management to tell me like what time, like bro was. Looking for furniture to keep himself <laughs> up right on. It was good. So I know you didn't ask me what my memory was. Well, that's oh, that's my fucking a great.
3: That's a great, yeah. that's a great memory. That's a great memory.
2: Marcus Joseph asks, do you feel like the blog era could make a comeback in a new way through the metaverse? What moves are you making with the use of new technologies such as AI, etc.? cetera? Um, I'm going to say no. But um, <laughs>
0: That's not a real question,
3: No. For, I, the answer is no. I was right. You're correct. Yes. And the reason why it's no is because in every iteration, we're going to run into the same issue. Right. And I know we talk about it in the blog podcast, the blog error podcast, but um, the, the death of the blog era was labels trying to monetize point blank period. The issue with the metaverse is the moment you have music on there, you got publishers that need their cash. Like, when people start trying to monetize, you're screwed. What if they're
2: fake artists that are, like, created... Oh,
3: and that's a great question. Yeah. AI cannot own a, a trademark. You use AI, you screw. You can't protect it. So it's like, use the tech if you want.
2: What if you put AI, uh, when he was rapping...
3: Oh, okay. Yeah, no, that he's fine. Okay, he 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 got he got blood and bones. (laughs) Yeah, respect.
0: Yeah, no, I think we need more human curation, not AI. Like, what are we doing? You know, do we want to go more towards? computer algorithms or do we want people who know music to, yeah, but to S- curate
2: music. SK, S- you're saying that as a human, so like take that with a grain of salt.
1: So we should ask
0: Siri? Yeah I mean no that's shots at not- AI. I yeah, don't yeah. I, you know. But I, I think
1: one thing that's more important than just like being a human is that like you were you were your own boss. Like the buck stopped with you, right? And that's what's special at the time. Well, Same thing with Spitta. Yeah also Same that
2: th- SK had singular taste and was very like unwavering
1: in that But I think what makes this era, like, one of a kind is that everyone was their own boss. You know, they didn't have anyone to answer to for a a time.
3: We had no business doing half the shit we were doing.
1: Real. Just to be very candid. None. Like, none whatsoever.
3: Bro, I was making websites. Yeah. I went to physical therapy school. (laughs) (laughs) Like, we had no business doing what we were doing. But I think, and I can't speak for SK, but I think when it came to, like, TSS, it was like if they're not gonna let us in, fuck it.
0: Do you know what I mean? Like I did hundred percent. I mean, I found myself in a room with J and B and Tata. Like, what am I doing here? Like, how am I here? You know, no
3: business. Wait, why
0: is this coming up
2: fifty eight minutes into this thing?
0: (laughs) 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 How did you end up in this room? That was uh, the American Gangster listening session. Yeah.
1: So uh, you had. yeah, listen, I this this thing, the blog era, which is a podcast that you all should go and spread the word on, by the way, but definitely go to uh, that right there. You can go to the QR code and go to uh, the website.
2: I just saw the QR code come, come up, and it just goes,
1: yeah, underneath it. <laughs> I was like, it's really good. But uh, this is a project that really means a lot to Jeff and myself because we came up in that same era. We were outside with J. Cole. We were running around with Loki, like seeing... This time memorialized in the right way matters to us, and that's why we spent the last three years on the phone during the pandemic talking to people. I thought um, y'all just liked me. Oh, we we really do okay. like you, but
2: but yeah, right. We 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 spoke to 150 people, but it's really a podcast of one. That's right. And then Thank we you.
1: invited these two other guys here for some Appreciate reason too. It. Yeah, Thanks. but it, but it, but it matters. <laughs> like this time, this time has not been documented. We didn't want just anybody. Well, that's the thing. So like.
2: um so much of this stuff has has disappeared, even from the internet, which is wild. Like you would think that even though it happened like not that long ago, it would still
1: exist. Websites don't exist. Uh, mega upload files are not there. Zshare links have expired. And um, so all we really have is you know people's memories,
2: and this oral history really like is able to tell that story in a. In a real and
1: meaningful way. Yeah. So we're we're really honored that you guys let us tell your story. Um, let us t- tell our story. Um, Jeff and myself, we were making sketch videos so that SK and his readership would appreciate what we were putting out there. Like we put that on a weekly basis, not for MTV, not for agents somewhere. It was like let's be niche and let's do this about something we care about. And without not nah right. Without all the blog community, we're not sitting here today. So I want to say thank you guys from the bottom of our hearts for owning your own shit, making your own shit, and, and leaving a lasting legacy. And that's, that's real. Guys, I'm Eric. I'm Jeff. We're It's The Real. and this Unleash project, that beast. What? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this project is called The Blog Era. Please do check it out wherever podcasts are streaming. Go sign up right now and spread the word on it. Blogera.fm. Go there right now. Um, Thanks to Spitta, thanks to Dimples, thanks to SK. Thank you all guys for showing up. We appreciate it.